Down to 39 seconds. Some of the fans now heading for the exits. The Dallas Maverick fans starting to celebrate. Novitski left hand lays it in. And it's 103-92. And that should do it for the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks celebrating on the bench. Chalmers tied up. Turnover, Dallas ball, and the Mavericks will do it. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstad. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The chief of the championships, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, if there's a game, if there's a single game in NBA history that we could do just multiple podcasts on and talk about forever, it would be game six, 2011 NBA Finals. Um, just and yeah, this is what this whole podcast is about. And seeing, I can't, I can't help it. It's like, do you have the you have movies in your life that there's these iconic scenes that no matter how much you rewatch them, you still feel something. Like for me, it's Braveheart, and that's my favorite movie ever. And that last scene, like if I watch the entire movie, not in like chop chop it up, so the entire movie one setting, and I get to that last scene where he says freedom. Dude, I, I still get chills. And it's like, you know it's coming. You know it's going to happen, but I still get chills. Do you have a moment, or do you have a moment like that in a movie? It's not a movie. It's the greatest show ever made. Tales of Bossing Say, the episode. If you've watched the show, you know Tales the scene Boss- in Tales of Bossing Say. It's an episode of a show that's the greatest show ever made. You get emotional in Avatar, really? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This, oh, wow. This scene, cool. every single time I watch it. Uh, it gets me emotional. It's this episode where they go they go down these individual storylines of like one specific character for like you know a little like five minute thing, and Uncle Iroh's moment in in that is man the series is almost worth it for that moment. It's it's incredible. I joke about Avatar, but seriously, any type of entertainment like that, like TV show or movies that make you feel something, makes me feel something, then I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, good job you. So. You knew exactly what was going to happen at the end of this game in game six. But yeah. still, every time I get emotional and I feel the chills, I'm like, dang it, like we did it. And so it's just a great feeling. We could talk all day about this game. And we will talk about it, at least for the next however long this podcast is. On today's show, we're breaking down game six of the 2011 NBA Finals, Mavs versus Heat, and finishing our 2011 Finals flashback that we have been doing. So if you haven't listened, go back. You can listen to game one, two, three, four, five. Also, we did the uh, leading up to the playoffs, the first three rounds. We also did the season, uh, the 2010-2011 season, and all the storylines that went with it and all that. So you can go back and listen to those shows. And uh, yeah, but today we're doing game six. And starting tonight, if you live in Dallas on Fox Sports Southwest, they're starting the 2011 journey to the finals. And for the next couple of weeks, handful of weeks here, uh, they're going to show, I think it's two games a night, and it's going to be the the wins only, no losses. So uh, we're not going to get the uh, game four comeback from Portland uh, in that first round (laughs) series. But starting Wednesday night is that very first win against Portland. So I know we're going to try to incorporate that a little bit. I know I'll I'll be watching, you know, some of those games too. But when that finals uh, run comes, and I think it's the second week of May, you can look up the schedule. Save these podcasts. We'll we'll be pushing these podcasts that week too. But it'll be you kind of get two doses of the finals here that you can watch them back then and almost listen to these podcasts at the same time as like game recaps if you want. Yeah, Foxport Southwest. 
April 22nd if you're listening to this. So that's the uh, that's Wednesday if you're listening to this. Uh, they're playing Game 1 and Game 2 of the Blazers series from 2011. And then April 25th, they're playing Game 5 and Game 6. So you can check that out, Fox Sports Southwest, if you got it. All right, let's get into this game, Isaac. The Going into this game, it was in Miami. Dallas is up 3-2. We went over all that stuff. Um, and I went back to Twitter, and I just went back and looked up all the mentions of Dirk and LeBron the day before this game, just to see what people were talking about. And one of the things I found was people were tweeting over and over and over again how many points LeBron had scored in the fourth quarter so far and how many points Dirk had scored in the fourth quarter so far. Um, and in crunch time as well, like in clutch situations. So when the that score... Graphic, that graphic is still shared a lot today <laughs> that they put up on the screen. When the score was, was within five points in the final five minutes of the game through games one through five, Dirk scored 26 points and LeBron had scored zero up until this point. That's wild. Through five games, LeBron had scored a total of nine points in the fourth quarter at all. Like fourth quarters at all. And Dirk had scored 44 total points in the fourth quarter between games one and games five. Uh, Wild. Absolutely wild. Uh, Another stat that I I saw somebody tweet out was that Jason Kidd and Dirk Nowitzki were the active leaders in career playoff games without a title. Kidd had played 141 playoff games without a title. Dirk had played 123. We talked about, you know, I think it was the playoffs uh, episode that we did, all the different, or maybe it was game one, all the different storylines about all these players on the Mavericks that had played so many playoff games coming into this that had just been let down and let down and let down. And finally, they're hitting this mark together. And Kidd and Dirk, I mean, chief among them. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder what other playoff or other players are on that list thinking back to it right now. But anyway, come on. I'm sure we could figure it out on, on basketball reference. I, I do know how to use that. Um, the Mavericks are also plus 44 on the scoreboard with Dirk on the court in the finals and minus 40 without him through the first five games. Wow. Which is wild. That's a big difference. And it was cool to see this team, you know, in this game that, that means you know, plus 84. <laughs> that's crazy. Dirk is plus uh, 84. Just to see how this team, just the identity of this team is obviously led by Dirk being the, you know, the alpha best player. But then seeing the team, you know, pick him up too, but also trust him. And, you know, during late in this game that we'll talk about, in a game that he didn't shoot the ball very well, but when it, it came to the, the crunch time, the fourth quarter, it was I don't, it didn't matter how, how, how bad he had shot previously. He was their goat. He was their alpha dog. And you, he's going to get the ball. And they were going to him so much. And just seeing the trust, you really, you just can't overestimate the team chemistry of this 2011 team. You really can't. When I think I bias, if you want to say bias or not, when I think of team chemistry in any sport, just that idea is brought up for teams. I immediately think back to this team. I don't think about this team when it's like most talented or stack, most stacked or any of this team. I just think of the perfect pieces fitting together, perfect personalities and team chemistry. Like that defines these 2011 Mavs. Absolutely. Another storyline going into this game was the continued talk about Wade and LeBron and the mocking clip. We talked all about it where they were coughing, you know, after the shoot around before game five. That was continued to be, you know, a story. But the thing that I found interesting that Doris Burke reported on before this game was that 
You didn't hear anything from Dirk's teammates. None of the other Mavericks mentioned this video, even Deshaun Stevenson and Jet that had been so outspoken throughout this finals, saying things like LeBron checked out you know, and all that stuff. He can't guard me throughout the rest of this finals, all that stuff. They didn't say anything about it. And that's because Dirk himself asked his teammates not to respond and not to talk about it and that this was his thing and let him handle it. And I just thought that, I mean, that's leadership embodied right there. Yeah, I love this. I made a note about this when Doris reported on this. And I just love that. You know, I'm just, yeah, that he sat back and was like, hey, you know that they had their opinions and takes about this and they wanted to roast this. You know that they had that. But and Dirk knew that they, you know, had those feelings too. But Dirk was like, hey, chill. I got this. Let me deal with this. She literally said, he, you know, he told him, he said, let me deal with this. And you know, Dirk in his mind is like, all right. If you're gonna if you're gonna mock me and make fun of my injury, I'll deal with it and I'll show you about my game and I'll I'll put you out and that's what he does and just the fact that he backs it up too in this next game yeah. after he told his teammates let me deal with this I'll back it up I'll take I'll take on these two guys let me deal with it, I, it yeah I love that part that Doris added absolutely uh, another thing that people were, t- were tweeting about even like uh, I saw Shams tweet about this and a couple other people like media people tweet about this. Which, by the way, Shams must have... I mean, he's younger than us, so he must have been, like, in middle school when (laughs) when his finals happened. But uh, Dirk was shooting free throws during introductions. Uh, I know that's something he kind of did towards the end of his career, but while he was being introduced, he was, like, getting ready and shooting free throws. Uh, And I thought Hmm. that that was an interesting thing. Uh, And in the beginning of the game, Jeff Van Gundy said he was shocked how many blue shirts were in Miami. And I remember that being a storyline of how many people traveled from Dallas to Miami to watch these games. And seeing the people behind the bench and stuff celebrating with Cuban, you know, towards the end, um, you can kind of you could hear it kind of in the crowd there you know, on the broadcast um, in that fourth quarter towards the end of the game. But yeah, I love that he he, he threw that out there. They had this um, when they when Doris reported on the whole like sick cough thing. Jackson and and them had this great back and forth on. Of course, Mark Jackson being the pro heat guy was oh, like, man. oh yeah, they, I mean they should just get over it. Who cares? You know, if I'm supposed to, I'm just telling them to move on. And but Mike Breen is the one who came in, the third person to chime in and give an opinion. And he just was straightforward and said they should have more respect for Dirk Nowitzki. And I'm like, thank you, thank you for your sane voice, Mike Breen. We love you, Mike Breen. Please, just you only do the talking. I posted a clip. I did another thread of this game on my. Twitter. Twitter at Nick Van Exit, um, but <laughs> of Mark Jackson just basically giving like his take on on that thing and basically what Isaac just said, uh, and then <laughs> Jeff Van Gunny's the first person to respond after Mark Jackson says this 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 shouldn't matter they should go you know they should move on from it blah 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 and Jeff Van Gunny goes well that's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I know I I've, I've harped on this whole like Mark Jackson thing about the heat but it's just crazy rewatching this and hopefully when some of you guys are if you if you've been rewatching with us or you're going to rewatch it here in a couple of weeks just keep that in the back of your head and listen to some of these Mark Jackson uh comments and quotes during the series because I can't remember a a single what is he play by play or he's color just color commentator just okay see Nick knows all these titles I don't know these titles it's like two titles and, <laughs> um, I, I I can't remember a single one of those guys being so biased sounding in a series or in a, in a finals or anything. So it just it stuck out to me the whole series. Yeah, yeah, especially this game for sure. All right, coming up, let's get into this game, break down the game, how the Mavericks pulled it off and won their first title. 
All right, Isaac, let's get into this actual game. Uh, the Mavericks started J.J. Barea again. This is the third game that he had started with Jason Kidd, with Sean Marion, with Dirk Nowitzki, with uh, Tyson Chandler. The Heat, first time they started Mario Chalmers instead of Mike Bibby. Found that kind of interesting in this game. Uh, Chalmers had played Chalmers. 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 Chalmers had played pretty well. Rio. Mario Chalmers had played pretty well through this series. He hit a bunch of threes. Mike Bibby just wasn't coming up big at all in this series so far. I wasn't really doing a lot. And so they decided to make that switch. Uh, and LeBron came out kind of – he kind of came out swinging. He scored a couple buckets early. Uh, I think he had four, nine points. Four, four to start the game. Yeah, he's four for four to start the game at nine points in the first, you know, five minutes or so. Uh, Miami went on a 12-1 run at one point. We're up by nine points with about six minutes and 15 seconds left in the first quarter. And then Miami calls a timeout, but it wasn't really a timeout. Uh, Eric Spolstra was just touching his head to call some kind of play, and <laughs> the refs thought it was a timeout. ESPN's crew even showed a replay of a JJ Barea drive or something, and they played the like the outro music to go to commercial. Even like they played all the outro music to go to a commercial, and then they just went back to the court because it wasn't really a timeout, and they just continued to play. And I thought that was hilarious. I didn't even notice that part. <laughs> they played all that like because they, they probably have some of this stuff automated, right? Where it plays the music, yeah. it plays that you know they have a set replay ready in the e play like in that machine and all that stuff. Uh, Dirk picks up two early fouls in this game with five minutes and 11 seconds left in the first quarter, which is about when he had been going out of this of this series with about five minutes left in the first quarter. So he goes the, to the bench anyway. I don't know why, but this is the first time in this game it hit me that Brian Cardinal is the one replacing Dirk in the lineup. Like, is there... <laughs> Well, it used to be Peja, and so Peja just got replaced, and they you know started going with Brian Cardinal, and it's it's cool to look at just the adjustments. This is something that Rick Carlisle always gets praised by with coaches and people across the league of in-game adjustments and the stuff that he did in this series by inserting Berea and yes, pretty much benching Peja for for Brian Cardinal and a huge moment in this game going zone. And, you know, going zone against the Heat and daring them to shoot some. And it just, he did so much different stuff that it literally felt like he was playing chess while Spolstro was playing checkers with just athletic pieces. Yeah, well, Spolstro, his his hands are kind of tied behind his back, I feel like, in this series a little bit. There was all, you know, all kind of talk about uh, his job, I feel like, all year with this team. But... Uh, Jet came in. Jet was huge, absolutely huge in this game. Mm. He hit a couple of big shots early in the first quarter. And Tyson Chandler also picked up two fouls in the first quarter. The Mavericks kind of finished the first quarter on an 18-4 to run. We also got a James Jones sighting from the Heat, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and then the Mavericks finished the first quarter with 32 points, the highest scoring quarter by either team the whole series, 32 points. Just which is crazy because you know Miami started off the game so hot. And, uh, you know, they took a little early lead and, you know, Dallas just turned it on and you just came back in it. And uh, you sp- you spoke about James Jones, Eddie House sightings, too. A lot uh, of Eddie House. I guess la- last game, too. I guess last game and this game. Um, but, yeah, Dallas takes the lead uh, going into the second quarter. Brendan Haywood is out in this game, and so Jan Mahini got some more run, too, in this game. Um, he cracks me up, bro. When I watch him, I just think he's so, like, he's so cut, and he's so, like, raw athletically that I just, I'm trying to think, I don't know what the comp would be for him. That He's the he's the guy that you just unleash, and, like, he'll have a turnaround. Dirk Biombo. I feel like a little bit, I guess. Trying to think of just a young a athletic younger, right? dude that you're just uh, you just unleash on the floor. Jackson like, Hayes. 
but does some dumb stuff, but does some Jackson like, Hayes. whoa, yeah, yeah, I guess Jackson. Like, Mahini <laughs> had, a, a had a Dirk fadeaway in this game, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> like, where did that With come the, from? The buzzer going down, right? It was like towards the well, end. That, this was in the first half, and then he had the, you know, yeah, the buzzer beater <laughs> in the maybe third the quarter. half or third quarter, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Stevenson at the beginning of the second quarter hit three threes, was massive in this. The Mavericks are but from the end of the first quarter through the, the beginning of the second quarter, went on a 29 to 8 run. Just <laughs> a huge run. Dirk was one of seven from the field at this point. He just did, he came out cold pretty much in this game. Uh, Miami then goes on a 14 0 run. They're up two at this point with six minutes and 25 seconds left in the second quarter. So Dallas goes on their run. Miami goes on their run to come all the way back and take the lead. And then. The Heat hit a three. Deshaun Stevenson takes issue with it, of course. He walks into Udonis Haslam. Haslam just... Ha- no, Haslam caused this. Haslam was not even walking towards his bench. Haslam was walking with his hand up to the scores table. He was, he knew exactly what he was doing on this. They were aiming for each other. <laughs> At least Stevenson was walking to his bench. Haslam wasn't even walking a straight line to his bench. He was walking to the scores table. <laughs> Okay, and then Mario Chalmers comes out of nowhere and gets into Sean Stevenson's face. Face, they push each other. All the stuff they review this for, I don't know, forever. I, oh my gosh! Years and years. There's all this talk about suspensions because they were, you know, the bench is all cleared. Uh, do you know the two players? There's one from each team that stayed on their bench. Do you? Did you hear who it was? No. <laughs> two players, one from each each team that stayed on the bench and didn't go. Um, our, our friend Doyle's favorite player, Corey Brewer, on okay. the Mavs. He's the one that stayed. And then the ultimate professional, James Jones. <laughs> the only two players G- didn't get in the scuffle. Everybody, GM. the whole the bench is cleared for everyone else. But it was a timeout, so it's kind of a gray area where it's not you know it's not a live game. It's not even a stoppage. It's a full timeout, and so uh, everybody leaving the bench didn't necessarily matter. There's talk of suspension. You can even see, at least in the uh, the version that I had of this game. You could see Spolstra talking to the refs and saying, "We're good. We're just gonna play. We're good. There's no suspensions." Like I, pretty sure I saw him say the word suspensions, and so uh, that was really, a, a, you know, people were, were nervous about that because if it went to a game seven, then you're talking about guys missing games, and that would have just been a whole mess. So uh, the result of all of this, the scuffle and all of it, was uh, Deshaun Stevenson, Haslam, and Chalmers were all called for techs, and Dirk shot one technical free throw. That was it, because they're offsetting. And so that was all this stuff for one free throw that Dirk made. Yeah, you would think as long as they uh as long as they reviewed this thing that they were trying to determine suspensions on the spot. Like they were talking to the front office. It felt like it was taking that long. So uh yeah, it, they finally settled it out and I, yeah, I didn't know you know, I didn't know how they would handle that at the time because like you said, it was a timeout. So it's not like it happened in the game. People can walk onto the court during the timeout, so I don't know what you do with that. But I think when it comes to that the second half the big storyline for Dallas was well, actually two of them was you know Dirk's cold shooting because that the end of that second quarter, the first they half. just ke- yeah in the first half they just kept on going to Dirk at the end of that second quarter and it was just miss after miss after miss and you're just like dang like he's just trying to get in the groove there they had the lead but he was just he couldn't get into the groove but counter that. The other big storyline was Jason Terry. Absolutely. Jason Terry had 19 points in the first half and 17 minutes of play. I mean, that dude just, he saw Dirk, you know, cold from the floor and said, I'm going to put the team on my back and keep us in, in this game. 
We also saw Miami flirt with playing LeBron at the four, which is something we did not see a lot in this game. They usually played one of Haslam or, um, you know, Joel Anthony with Chris Bosh or Juwan Howard. It was never like LeBron at the four, but they finally did it in the second quarter and they kind of, you know, played with that a little bit and they did it towards the end of this game too. But it's wild to think that they didn't run that at all. And then that's basically all they run exclusively for the next like three years with, with this team. Yeah. I thought that was wild. Uh, Tyson Chandler picks up his third foul towards the end of the second quarter. Like you said, Jason Terry is just wild. In the first half, he scored 19 points. Uh, Jed had the last 10 points for Dallas. Dallas goes into the halftime up by four. Jed has 19 points. Deshaun Stevenson has nine. Sean Marion has eight. Dirk has one from 12 from the field in the first half. He only had three points. Dallas' bench, though, had 33 points. A lot of that thanks to Jed. LeBron himself had 11 points. Going into the third quarter, um, Dallas had a little bit of a run to start. Uh, JJ Perea, we see the first time that, that JJ uh, <laughs> that JJ guards LeBron, and he draws the uh, the offensive foul on him, and LeBron is upset. And JJ Perea will continue to do that move for the rest of his career, and <laughs> continuing to present day, that move where someone's backing him down because they think they have a mismatch, and then he just throws the hand at him. Yep. For the next 10 years, J.J. Bray would perfect that. He continues to do that. And then at the very end of the third quarter, we got the, the buzzer beater, Jan Mahimi, all by himself on the left <laughs> the left elbow, just throws up a jumper, and it goes in. Uh, the Mavericks are up by nine going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and really, you know, that Mahimi shot, he had a couple moments in this game where you're like, all right, good energy. But even you saw at the end of the game, uh, Rick Carlisle went with Brian Cardinal and for Mahimi in, in that spot. So it's kind of seeing how Cardinal kind of moved up the, the depth chart a little bit in the rotation. But, um, yeah, I thought the Mahimi minutes in this game were probably the best minutes that he had all series. Yeah, he was, he was hitting some jumpers. He was playing a little defense. Still had trouble with Chris Bosh, but, you know, hey, who doesn't? And into the fourth quarter, coming up, let's get into how the Mavericks finished this off and then a little bit of a finals recap for the 2011 finals flashback. All right, Isaac, let's get into the rest of this game. We're going into the fourth quarter. The Mavericks are up by nine. Um, Dallas is 10 of 20 for from three going into the fourth quarter, which I thought was significant. They had hit 10 threes, which seemed like an incredible amount of threes at that point. It's not now <laughs> for sure. Um, they started with JJ Barea, Jet, Deshaun Stevenson, Dirk, and Jan Mahimni. Um, and then the Mavericks basically, like they just had this nine point lead and they kept it basically the entire fourth quarter. I mean, we can talk about the ways that they kept it, but there really wasn't a run that. Miami went on. They just really didn't have an answer for anything that Dallas was doing. Barea was kind of going crazy in the beginning of this quarter. He hit a three. He had that layup to go up uh, 12. And then uh, LeBron sort of tried to keep them in the game, but they were basically just chucking shots. And the Mavericks just continued to keep that 10, you know, eight, nine point lead. And it was crazy watching this fourth quarter because. You know, we know how it plays out, but it's almost like the Heat just never could fully accept it. It's like they just thought that even just seeing them in those last few minutes of the game, it's like they it's like they felt like there was this always more time that they knew that they had another game or they it, you just kept waiting for them to turn it up a notch or to do some some crazy play. And they just never could. Dallas just would not let them do it. And like you said, they maintained this lead. And, you know, this wasn't a buzzer, you know, buzzer beater, you know, quick 
oh my gosh, we won the finals. It was this whole quarter of like, all right, keep it up, keep it up. Even in those last few minutes, like, holy crap, is this like gradual? This is really happening right now. You're just this waiting ain't... for something bad to happen, right? Even yeah. though I knew how it was going to finish, I'm just waiting for some way that, you know, Wade is going to get to the, the line eight times, you know, or something like that. Just something bad is going to happen where Dallas is going to give up this lead and they just never do. And even the last, like the last minute, the Mavericks are up by eight or nine and uh, Wade like chucks up a three, he misses it. And then the, he could foul and start playing the foul game. And they just kind of like let Dirk get a layup. <laughs> yeah. like, they didn't even really like LeBron sort of fell asleep at the wheel watching the ball. And they kind of just gave up at the end. It's like you said, they were really just, it seemed like they thought that they had another game and it kind of goes along with this whole Miami thing. They always think that there's another year because they're young. It's not one, not two, not three. They're going to come back. They're going to repeat. And obviously they win two championships after this. They're a little bit right in that, but the fact that they kind of gave up towards the end was uh, very interesting in this game. And it gave the Mavericks a title, which, Hey, you take them how you can get them. <laughs> yeah. You know, this fourth quarter, a couple of things I want to touch on one at, I wrote down said this fourth quarter graphic that they show. Uh, I guess it was towards the first, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter. This this was the free throws for both teams. The Mavericks had attempted eleven free throws in this game. Miami, in this game, in the in the beginning of the fourth quarter, Miami had attempted thirty one. In the game? 31. At this point in the fourth quarter, they finished Jeez. the game. Miami shot 38 free throws, and um, and Dallas finished with... Like a third what of was that. it? Dallas finished with 18 free throws, and I say 38. Wade, I mean, uh, Wade finished with 30. This was in 2006. The Heat uh, finished with 33 free throws, <laughs> which is crazy because that would have been a talking point, you know, if Miami could have pulled this game off. But even with the free throw advantage of this, Miami just couldn't knock them down. They missed 13 free throws on the night. Man. That was like a storyline going throughout the game that Van Gundy and them was mentioning. And, you know, towards the end of that fourth quarter, you know, Mark Jackson, uh, I guess it was midway through it, Mark Jackson utters that line. And he says, Dwayne Wade just has a look on look on his face right now that he's about to take over this basketball game. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, buddy, but he's not. He's not going to take over this game. And I just you know, kind of goes to what I was saying at the beginning. I love the the beautiful part about this was you know Dirk just he didn't have it early on. He didn't have it in the first half. You know, little hit a couple baskets there in the third. But just to see this team, you know, they have the lead. They just got to sustain this lead to win their title. And they're like, we're going to continue going to Dirk and. Dirk just he flipped the switch this is the flip the switch thing and he hit these huge baskets he hit the jumper huge. to put him up 10 with four minutes to go but then that that jumper over uh, the kind of little fade but I don't think it was a fade it was just a straight jumper right in front of the Heat's bench that puts him up by 10 with 227 left in the game and that's when he turned around did, did the fist pump and just the, the holding the fist like he did after game two right in front of their bench that's his and response man, that is, that's his thing, and I was so freaking hyped up. You know, back what nine years ago, I was hyped watching it again now, and then that the layup that you're talking about in parentheses, I put, I'm crying at this play <laughs> when when Dirk when Dirk does the lefty layup again. You know, and LeBron and Bosch tried so hard to block that shot, and in in this game, and you know, it goes in. I'm like, wow, what? A, I mean, what symbolism here? It's the lefty layup again, and that was with 28 seconds left in the game, and he turned around and did the fist thing. Again, and it was it was soaking in for him at that moment. And for all Mavs fans, that was the moment. You're like, 
my God, this is really, really happening right now. So after he hits that layup, he turns around and starts walking down the court. There's like a minute left, right? And he just puts his arms in, like his fists in the air and just starts walking down the court while the game's going on with his fists in the air like they had won. And it was just one of those moments where he realized that they had won, right? He had been in this sort of, um, I guess, fight or flight mentality of we just got to keep playing. We got to keep going. We got to, you know, the per- you know the perfection, the keep uh, everything. You know, Dirk is so like everything's balanced, right? His shot is balanced. His work ethic is balanced with uh, the way that he plays, all that stuff. And it just finally, he just like let loose, right? He just finally yeah. let loose, put his fists in the air in, you know, just straight excitement. He had finally gotten his title. He ended up scoring 10 points in the fourth quarter. He gets named the finals MVP. Cuban obviously, you know, gives the trophy to uh to to the what's the owner? Don? Oh my gosh. It's Don Carter. Don Carter. <laughs> he gives it to Don Carter. I was like, where are you going with this? I just forgot it. I just forgot his last name. Um and man, it was it, the Mavericks secured their first title, and that's how they did it, man. This this game was probably it was it was a wild game. It was a very weird game. You had the scuffle, you had the, the runs here and there, you had the fake timeout from Spolstra, you had uh, just some weird stuff. Uh, Dirt coming up big towards the end though. It wasn't any crunch time at all. There wasn't any clutch moments in this game because the Mavericks just kept that lead. And so uh, you could say maybe it was a boring clinching game, unless you're a Mavs fan. Then it was the then, yeah. then it was the best, right? And I, I do want to give credit to to Dwayne Wade after the game. I mean, he seemed like he was one of the only uh, the only Heat players that went out on the court and shook their hands and actually was congratulating Mavs fans and stuff. You see the shot of LeBron going in the tunnel early, and it's like, all right, you couldn't, you know. Anyway, whatever. Um, but you know, I I just thought that was a, a a a cool moment for Wade to pay the respect to to the Mavs for for winning the title, and you know. I, the Dirk exit from the floor going to the locker room. There's been stuff written about this and talked about it before. And it's just the emotions of all of us seeing Dirk that he just couldn't contain him. He had to go have some alone time. And it, and that was just a, you know, you want to selfishly, you want to see your, your goat there, you know, uh, on the floor celebrating, crying with the teammates, all this different stuff. But he wanted his alone time. And I don't blame him. I, I might have done the same thing. Well, you also wish that there's a last dance moment from that, from that, right? Like you wish that there was just this unprecedented camera access to that moment with Dirk. Uh, but sometimes, you know, things don't work out that way. And so there's not, I don't think. There's people that we know that were in that were in that area that maybe we'll be able to talk to at some point. But, uh, yeah, that's just one of the moments in Mavs history and Mavs lore that will just continue and, uh, and just be an infamous moment. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this – that, you know, Mavericks win this title and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens after this and a lot of storylines, whatever. But if we just focus on the Dirk aspect of it, you know, that's exactly what Mark Jackson and Van Gundy talked about right when they won it. They said he, he finally done it like this is this is the capper for an all time great. This is what moves Dirk Nowitzki up the all time ladder that you have these guys in throughout history, just even at his position of guys like Carl Malone and Charles Barkley and these guys that. They're greats, but they just never got over the hump. And you look at this, you look at the career of Dirk and everything that he had done up to that point. This is the last thing that he needed, and he did it. And, you know, at the time, Mark Jackson says there on the broadcast, he said he's a top 20 player of all time. And 
that still stands in, in our books. We've talked about this before, Nick and I, that we we both think he's a top twenty player of all time. I I, I could hear, yeah, you know, I could, yeah. We won't go on the you know definite spot. I think he's a, you know higher than that a little bit. <laughs> we don't but, have time for that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that that's the over. That's the biggest storyline right there for an all time yeah. great winning their first title. Yeah, there's so many different storylines we could get into. I think when Fox Sports Southwest plays. These finals, I think we'll do some more bigger, bigger topic stories about this. We basically just did a breakdown of all the games for this series, but we'll do some more topics about 2011 when Fox Sports Southwest does their break, does their replays of these games. So uh, there'll be more 2011 finals. We still have, you know, the quarantine. We're still sticking around. We're still doing five shows a week, so there'll still be more time to talk about it. But guys, thanks for listening to this finals flashback. Thanks for listening to Locked On Maps. Thanks, guys. I know this uh, this has went on the past, what, three weeks, and uh, we appreciate all of you guys. Some of you have watched it along with us. You've tweeted us. Uh, you've DM'd us different stuff and shared videos that we've tweeted out and stuff. It's always fun looking back at this series, whether we do it every three years or whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, thank you, and peace out. Boom. Boom.